26 letters in the alphabet, and according to mid-90s Sega, 32 of them are the letter X. Welcome to the next level indeed. Today on... Hello, wonderful listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Press B to Cancel. Uh, I am your host today, Werewolf, and I am joined by these two lovely fellow bald gentlemen, S- Sick Jake and Sinistar. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Doing great to doing be here. Great. I'm excited to trash talk. <laughs> it's a fine system. There's nothing wrong with a Sega hardware. They've made nothing but great, great hardware. It wasn't a system. Okay, that's fine. We're getting ahead of ourselves. To clarify, uh, in case you didn't understand from the intro and haven't picked up from the title or anything like that, we're talking about the Sega 32X today. That weird attachment that even Sega of America struggled to advertise with ads like a little boy showing a picture next to a picture of the Genesis and 32X being pressed together, and he's going, Mommy, what are those two machines doing? (laughs) I... I I caught that and I looked up a history and I caught that like all of the advertising was well in my opinion was awesome. <laughs> Sega Sega of America's 1990s marketing was spot on and even that couldn't save the 32X. Let's get it out of the way early. Chip Hawkins referred to it as a band-aid. So, you know, there's yeah. that. Well, okay, so I I perhaps we should jump in by talking about a little bit of the history of Sega at the time. So Sega had finally started to grab down some of that market share from Nintendo, right? With the Sega Genesis, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't welcome to the next level. Sega, you know, all that good stuff. It's fast. It's (laughs) speedy. You know, this is like processing. Yeah. Attitude extreme. They came up with a completely viable, you know, mascot in Sonic and mm-hmm. then completely mistreated him. But, you know, that's For later years. on. Right. Yeah, that's true. But Sonic won. It was a game changer. Literally. Yeah. And, and that was not Sega's first attempt at a mascot. He was just by far and away the most successful. Because before mm-hmm. that, we had Opa Opa with Fantasy Zone. We had Alex Kidd and... You know, well, they're interesting. They don't have the the attitude that Sonic has, I guess. <laughs> right. It, it's funny that the, that this is being compared to Nintendo's mustache pudgy guy in overalls, plumber as the mascot. Like this is this is the bar, this is the bar that Nintendo set, and Sega wasn't able to beat that bar with Opa yeah. Opa and the monkey who plays Jenkin match, and we end up with Sonic. It's funny. It's a me, <laughs> Sonic. Oh wait. <laughs> So around early 94, Sega got word, Sega of America got word that Sega of Japan was working on a, uh, an update to the Genesis. Originally, the 32X was going to be an update to the Genesis. It was going to be like a midlife console refresh. You know, we're so used to the PS4 Pro and the, you know, all these now where there's that midlife refresh where it's more powerful. That's what the 32X was originally going to be. 
Well, and this was the second kind of midlife refresh because they came out with the with the CD first, right? No, 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 that not like that. Like it was actually going to be a new console that was based oh, around the Genesis right. hardware with new additional, more powerful hardware right. within the system. Gotcha, gotcha. Like they released the Genesis two, but but that was just the same for the most part hardware as Genesis one. This would have been like an actual upgrade in hardware, right? Yes. Yeah, and. You know, there were there were people at the company who were like, no, we can't do that. People already like the idea is to make it to where people don't have to shed their old console for right. a new console. We're trying to, you know, put that mid tier in so that people who want to get in on the new 32 bit consoles can do that while still maintaining their Genesis can, library. Can we come back? Can we get back to that world where you don't have to shed your console every few years? Can we get back to that? <laughs> Well, we're, we're kind of there right now, right? I mean, like backwards compatibility is on everybody's minds with new hardware, like the Xbox and the PlayStation. Is it full backwards compatible? But no, it's but it's so hit and miss, you know, right? It it's is so yeah. hit and yeah. miss. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Sega had already had success with, uh, well, some success with the Sega CD at this point, where, you know, it was a console attachment. It, it wasn't, you know, it didn't blow people out of the water, but it made games a lot bigger and a lot more capable than the Genesis mm -hmm. could on its own. And, you know, it also added the CD quality audio, which was way better than the techno farts most of the time. <laughs> Blast. Prost. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Superior Genesis sound. Thank you very much. Farty bass. And then, yeah. and what, even when they came out with the Genesis, it wasn't too long till they released the power base converter that let them play backward, let you play backwards compatible from your master system library, right? Yes. Right. Yes. So the Genesis, they really worked to make the Genesis as friendly as possible to people for people to upgrade to or come into and have an even more expanded library than they would have had before. So, you know, Sega did a lot of stuff that was very ahead of its time with the Genesis. Not all of it worked. I mean, we saw well, Sega Channel and other things. I think and the 32X had a chance to succeed. And this was this is later discussion, but if Sega Japan had not been doing what they were doing, and that's just a, a little bit of a spoiler, yeah. we'll get to it. But yes. I think that the Genesis, the 32X, the CD, you know, et cetera, et cetera, I think that they would have had a chance. I, I, I gotta agree. ask. The Sega CD, how well did that sell for them? And that what what year did that come out? Was that 90, 92? Uh, yeah, quite possibly. Um, Let me check. I'll yeah, check I my think mind so. It was going. late 91 or 92 because Sonic CD came out before Sonic 2, I think. Or hmm. maybe very near 2. Very close, yeah. We had a we had a Super Mario three and Super Mario World issue here. <laughs> well, and we've talked about that in another episode. But Sonic two and Sonic CD were sort of developed at the same time by mm. different teams, uh, it, for kind of different purposes with the franchise. It's kind of weird. So, <laughs> okay, so the Sega CD sold two point two four million units, which. I mean, when you compare it to That's the 32X's sales, it was is yeah more than double what the 32X sold. That's almost. I, I, rem as much. I remember, yeah, I remember as a kid uh, 
seen the catalog near Christmas, and I remember seeing the Sega CD thinking, I want that. I want the Sega CD. I don't know why. I, the games I don't really care for, but I really wanted it. But when it came to this, the uh, Sega 32X, when that was coming around, even I knew that the Saturn was coming out soon, and I was kind of like, maybe, maybe I'll wait. Maybe I'll save my money. And I remember explicitly looking at the Sega 32X and saying, you know what? I'll pass. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I did the same. I was very excited about the, the Saturn coming out. I was not excited about the 32X. I mean, there there are some games, and we'll we'll get to that in a few minutes, um, that are actually actually, you know, decent games, but in a library of what, 40? <laughs> Uh, if you if, if generous, you include yeah. if you include other regions, if you're talking the U.S., I think it was like 31 or 32 in in total in totality. Yeah, so yeah. I I but think I mean, across all regions there were like 40 official releases. Yeah, and yeah. Oof, and a lot so, of them were trash. So we should talk about we should talk about competing, uh, you know, internal competition. Right? Because, I mean, that's really yeah. what killed it, right? So, the 32X, like I said, you know, it was in development, and it was originally going to be a fresh console kind of thing that still played backwards compatible with the Genesis. And, you know, they got some pushback internally that said, no, no, it needs to be an adapter so that people can still play it uh, and not have to shed their old Genesis. So, that's what they did. And they ended up using... A couple of chips mm -hmm. that were uh, a couple of processors that were used in the Saturn right. within the 32X. Yeah, which was a history, weird decision, and well, I'll, I'll come back to that. In the history that I saw that I watched on this, like that decision was to try to bring developers forward because mm -hmm. they would get experience developing on those chips, you know, prior to the Saturn release. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh the 32X, it was it was a complicated piece of hardware in its own right because, you know, you had it factoring the Genesis hardware and then this new hardware in the 32X and then some companies even dared to also include the Sega CD. Mm -hmm. Now you got three sets of processors <laughs> trying well, to run one game. Yeah. And uh, there's some stories out there. This thing was hell to install in your Genesis. And I'm sure a lot of people just think it's literally plug it in and you're good to go. No, you had to put in heat shielding and interference shielding with these two uh -huh. metal plates on the back of the cartridge slot and the front of the cartridge slot. So that way it can go in. Jamming, jamming open the slot. Right. Yeah. Like, which is now yeah. competing with the with the shielding. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's no. not like a game genie where you can pull it in and out at will. Like the once you had this well, connected, you weren't pulling it out, right? Well, yeah. Funny well, I enough, mean, you could run the Genesis game straight through it, so right. that was the yeah. idea anyway. Yeah. Funny enough, I actually saw a take that showed that that the the heat shielding and the and then if you had the Genesis, the the re, the refactored Genesis, it had the spacer as well. You could run without e either of them, and it actually worked fine, apparently. Not so. necessarily. Um, there are certain games where uh, 
not necessarily playing a 32X game, but playing Sega CD or Genesis games, mm. you would get like a weird artifacting mm. over the gameplay or cutscenes on in Sega CD FMV games okay. that were very distracting and you just get visual glitches and stuff like that because the 32X was sending out interference. Hmm. Um, there's also a case of, I want to say it was the Model 2 Genesis yeah. and Sega CD all being attached at the same time as 32X. There was a story I heard once. I can't find any stories online to confirm this or corroborate it, but I heard it, you know, I was at an import game store when I was in my early teens and there was a couple of guys talking about the 32X. And one of them said that they actually had to hack together an attachment to let the 32X run outside of the Genesis because they melted their first Genesis. Like it fried (laughs) chips inside the system with all the heat generation, which is a problem. Like so, some people just run into so much heat that they have to shut it off. Otherwise it starts giving graphical. How long glitches. are they playing this thing for? The games uh, aren't it that It happens good. within <laughs> 30 to 60 minutes. Really? Well, it, and it, yeah. it, what's funny is, is, is fast forward to today and people are now doing that with their GPUs, right? Because they want to have their GPUs vertically mounted mm-hmm. instead of horizontally mounted. And so they're running PCIe extensions, right? I mean, so like, you know, it was a prediction of the future. If your if your story's true, it was a, it was a prediction of the future. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's what these guys were talking about at an import store. I mean, it's a bunch of tech geeks. So I would imagine sure. it was there's there's a likelihood to the trueness of this story. I just they were not people I knew. I was a few cities away from where I lived at the time, so I don't Well, know. and so to add on insult to injury, so A, you have to install this heat shielding. B, if you have the the you know the generation two, you have to put in the spacer, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But to add insult to injury, because it I know it was an add-on, but it really was its own console because it had its own processors and 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 VDCs and et cetera, et cetera, right? So you actually ran the output from the Genesis, the video output or the AV output from the Genesis into the 32X as a, with a, with a, with a, uh, uh, you know, a space or a a patch cable on the back. Mm -hmm. And then you ran it out to your television. And then you also had separate power adapters for your Genesis and the 32X. And then the Sega CD, if you had that that too, the whole power bar. Sega sold a power bar that had <laughs> appropriate really? spacing. They did. They did. <laughs> and because these were not small transformers, this was prior to like, you know, the smaller MOSFETs, et cetera, that we have today. Yeah. These were the big chonky, you know, yeah. hello. And then also, you know, those transformers generated a fair amount of heat each, right? AC to DC conversion with, that technology was not was not <laughs> uh, was not a, a, a low temperature operation, right? So, I mean, to add insult to injury. In fact, I, I I saw a take that was like, this definitely probably contributed to the death of this thing. Is you know, reviewers started just blasting this thing for the fact that it had a patch cable 
to then an AV cable and then separate power, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I mean, yeah, it it is so convoluted in how just to set it up. Like it was three pages of instructions to set it up. Yeah. (laughs) Which I would never read. I would never look at the instruction. I mean, there's, there's never been that much instructions for setting up any sort of new console you buy. Yeah. Yeah. What kid on Christmas morning is going to sit there for 40 minutes working through instructions. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. Assembly but, required. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, but every kid's going to be like, where's my fucking game and where is it now? <laughs> you but know, you, I, you know what though? Like when I was a kid though, I do remember seeing, I, I mean, I know I didn't want one, but I remember seeing magazines were praising this thing before it came out. Like I remember Yet. I used to have a game pro subscription and yeah. game pro was like hyping this thing up. And they're like, okay, it's not as powerful as a Saturn, but it's also half the price. There's going to have a 32 bit games. It's going to have a library of games you can play. They were pretty on board with it before it came out. I almost like in hindsight, I feel like they were paid off or they received promo. I don't think so. I think think what it was is, you know, it was exciting that there was this mid tier 32 bit console, you know, for want of a better term platform, I guess. Um, Right. That was going to be available for a lesser price tag than the than the PlayStation or Saturn. And there still wasn't a release date for the Saturn at the time. So people were like, oh, this will be nice to hold us over for a while with more powerful games. And the games they played, I'm sure they thought, okay, these are decent. There's potential here. These can be a lot better than they are. They're better than what I expected already. So let's do it. So they were excited for that. They also sold, you know, there was that, there was that, um, uh, you know, um, advertising where it was like, look at the, look at the studios that are on board. And it was a list mm-hmm. of studios. Right. Yeah. And then when the thing, and so, yeah, when you're talking pre-reviews and, you know, the, the, you know, the magazines, et cetera, the reviewers think that this thing's going to launch with say 10 titles. Right. I mean, yeah, it looks like a big deal. The thing dropped with three titles. Yeah. You know, like I mean, they had they had Konami on board, they had Capcom on board, and then once it came out, I think they looked at what, what the, the sales figures, and then they realized that they could spend their resources better on the Saturn coming out rather than waste their time on the 32X. Right. So they pulled Though out. they did apparently run out of their their initial six hundred thousand run relatively no, yeah, sold, quickly. Yeah. They they made eight hundred thousand in their initial run. Okay. And over that first holiday season, they did sell 665,000 of them. And then yeah. they struggled to sell the rest of that 800,000. Okay. To the point okay. where, you know, the initial price was $160. Uh, it got a price drop to $120. Mm-hmm. And then later, toward the end of trying to get rid of them, it saw a price drop all the way down to $20. I saw that. I saw that the liquidation <laughs> price was nineteen ninety nine, right? US so, dollars, right? So in that in that decade, games were like well, they were like sixty five, seventy bucks, I think, back then. They're more expensive yes. then than they were now, right? And forget inflation. They were the sticker price in the nineties was yeah. seventy dollars for some of these games. Mm. So for it to be only one twenty, that's not even two carts. That's right. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the the price, if you take well. Now, another misstep that they had is they said in their initial marketing that it was going to be under $150. They said that. 
and then it dropped at one fifty nine ninety nine. So slight change in okay. price, but that I mean the problem is is when you get your reviewers to enjoy the product and sell the product, and then it comes out and there's a little bit of some bait and switch. You know, three three titles at launch, price is actually more than they stated, etc. I think your reviewers are probably going to turn on you relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. And and they did. They totally did. Once the game started coming out, I remember GamePro having some pretty negative feedback on some of the games. It was just it was just the pre early hype was was weirdly positive, and then afterwards it came out. They they dumped on it. This so this came out in what year? Because the Saturn was ninety four in Japan, it, but the Saturn yes. was later here, right? Yeah, it was later here. It was summer '95 in the West. But the the 32X was November '94 in the West. And once people found out that the Saturn was selling in Japan already at the same time the 32X released here, that was part of the reason it didn't sell so well people thought there was a longer window between when the Saturn was going to come out. So they were like, well, if it's already selling, that'll it'll be here soon. So why bother getting the 32X? So you had two camps at that point as far as Sega fans. Either, you know, I got my 32X and now I feel hosed or Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not getting a 32X. I'm waiting for the Saturn. And so, yeah, I mean, that's why Nintendo these days is so careful not to announce the Switch 2, I think. Because yeah. they keep bringing out like promotional themes of the Switch. Like they have the Mario themed one for Mario Wonder coming out this Christmas. And I think it has Mario yeah. Kart bundled in. But they want that to sell. But no one's going to buy it if <laughs> the Switch, uh, if they know the Switch 2 is coming out in spring next year, for example. Well, so you got to right. be careful don't, with this kind of stuff. You don't want to, you don't want to lose your, I mean, you don't want to, uh, you know, lose your, your, your group, your followers by basically releasing a mid tier that, you know, and so, I mean, this was the mid this was, I think the misstep that also killed the, the, the Saturn in some degree as well is when the Saturn finally came to the U S they'd already lost a lot of, you know, that, that, that goodwill, you know, Oh, the 32 X was a piece of shit, you know, Fuck you, Sega. I'm going to go buy a Super Nintendo at 16 bits that has this amazing library, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, so, yeah, and I mean, that's worth talking about, too, is the fact that the Saturn got announced, like, all of a sudden at E3, Sega was like, oh, yeah, Saturn's on sale now. And people mm-hmm. were like, what? Like, we thought we had time. I'm saving up. We thought it was going to be a holiday release, and you're just dumping it now? Like, it was such a mess. Sega Japan really thought they knew better than the market at the time, for whatever reason, and shot themselves in the foot like seven times in a row. It was... This little well, piggy went to market. This little <laughs> and, well, and I mean, their goodwill, their lack of goodwill continued through the Dreamcast. I mean, they lost yeah. so much goodwill, right? People I mean, got so burned from the 32X yeah. that they either stayed away from the Saturn and Dreamcast entirely, or at least skipped mm-hmm. the Saturn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I skipped the Saturn mostly because I, I think I couldn't find it. I think it was part of the problem. Plus also uh, the PlayStation was coming and I just figured I would look at the PlayStation when that came out to market. Right. And I mean, if you look at the games that 32X was pitching, because they they advertised this as, yes, it was cheaper, 
uh, as a stepping stone possibly to the next generation, but it's 32 bits. But the games they're advertising with it, when you looked at the games that were coming out for the Saturn, I mean, totally different quality of graphics. It made sense to just wait for the Saturn if that's what you're going to do. Like, yeah. I, I mean, the 32X is is basically a glorified Genesis, right? They just, there's was it? They wanted to double the colors out of a little bit of 3D capability to it. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. Well, the problem is, is you had that whole concept of you've got to chase the number of bits, right? I mean, and let's, let's be honest on a, especially on a CRT television, there's diminishing returns with the more colors you add, right? I mean, right. but, and, and Joe consumer, you know, me as a tech individual, I understood, you know, what eight bit, 16 bit, 32 bit, you know, quote unquote, quote unquote, 30 or 64 bit Jaguar go fuck off. Um, (laughs) you know, but I understand those concepts, but Joe consumer doesn't. And I'm looking at a, at a, you know, a, a standard home television at 480i with, you know, (laughs) great. So I can smash every pixel can have its own color. Well, now I've just got a mess on the screen. Who cares? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, so that's, that's actually an important point too. Cause when we people, people look at the SNES and the Genesis today and they compare the same games that are released in both platforms, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on earthworm Jim. I love earthworm Jim. So, but the Genesis version, when you put side by side on a modern display against a super Nintendo, most people say the super Nintendo looks better, dramatically better. But back in the day on a CRT screen, for the Genesis version, they took huge advantage of dithering and the, the mm-hmm. way the CRT displays work and the colors blended. So when I was a kid, I didn't notice a difference really between the Genesis and the SNES right. because of the way the technology worked. That's something that's yeah. you don't see today. So you're right. I mean, you can double the colors with the 32X, but how much difference is like, you're right, Sinister. How much does that actually make of difference on CRT hardware back in the day? Probably I not can much. Put it, I could put a different color on every pixel. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, you know? but then that leaves us with what 3D graphics, potentially some polygon sure. games. Sure. But I mean, when you know that the Saturn is coming out and the Saturn, one of those features is better, like 3D games coming. It's, it doesn't hold a candle to that. So we should, yeah. we should talk about some of these games though. We should. Yeah. We, we, well, um, I, the uh, last thing I want to talk about regarding the history of the 32X is, you know, poor sales did not help its case. But it was also a matter of they actually, since they were using the same chips from the Saturn in the 32X, they ran into a shortage. And so they were mm-hmm. like, well, we need them for the Saturn. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Sega Japan was like ours. Sorry. So was Which, it exactly the same chip? Because I know it was the same chip, but it was, it was definitely slower than the Saturn, yeah, there though, were right? Two there were of two them chips in the 32X. That were, yeah, exactly okay. the same chips on uh, two of the chips. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because the Saturn had more stuff in under the hood. Yeah. Sure. But, okay. Yeah. Got it. But yeah, they basically said those two chips, we need those for the Saturn. Sorry, Sega America. <laughs> yeah. You know, your your initial run is what you got. Sorry. <laughs> but how, how bad would this have been, though, for Sega if they had ignored Sega of America and said, you know what? Forget it. We're right. We're going to release a standalone refresh of the Genesis, and we're going to go with that. That would have just that couldn't have done better. That could that had to have been worse, a worse decision to do that. So oh, I, think I think Sega of America might have saved them a little bit of headache by doing an add on. I I don't know. Personally, I feel like. I personally feel like if the 32X hadn't existed, the Saturn may have actually had a better life. 
That's my take. Right, but then with Sega, Sega of Japan, their plan was redo a Genesis with better graphics, then mm-hmm. do the Saturn. They wanted a separate console between the, the Genesis and the Saturn. And they were, that's what their plan was, right? Sega America said, no, that's crazy, making an add-on for the existing hardware to get people a year. But I don't know. So it, they it, wanted Either a, way, it messed with the Saturn's plan for sure. They wanted a Genesis OLED. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yes, like 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 <laughs> you guys were saying, it's a refresh of the hardware, right? So I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's, a, it's a bizarre train wreck of a decision. It really is. I mean, we. I mean, I remember as a kid. I mean, you see the Super Nintendo, and then you see the rumors about a CD add-on for the SNES, which eventually you know became the PlayStation separately. But how how smart of was it of Nintendo to just you know bide their time? keep the SNES the way it was work on a proper, you know, new console down the road and kind of go with that. It's just, it just seems like such a train wreck for Sega of Japan. That's really been Nintendo's story is, you know, kind of to a degree, fuck the generation list. We're just going to release when we're ready. Right. I mean, that's kind of been their, their policy for the most part. Um, I mean, they, they had significant concerns with the super Nintendo, because, you know, getting families to replace the Nintendo in their house was a yeah, big, right. a big yeah. if, right? And so um, I, I honestly think that they, they, they sit on their decisions for a while, right? Yeah. There's no understanding Nintendo's thinking. Like, they, they, they're playing that 4D chess with some of their hardware decisions. And that's just the way they are. They've always been like that. And you're right. They're even like that today with some of their decisions. Like, they're the company that will work on a game and shelve it for a year before they release it just when they need a release to come out no no other company does that right <laughs> right it's it's wild yeah well yeah so um should we should we talk games yeah well i one more thing it's worth mentioning yeah. that donkey kong country came out the at like the exact same month as the 32x which probably also didn't help as much as I'm not a fan of Donkey Kong Country, it was the new yeah. shit at the time, right? Well, yeah, you have to realize, <laughs> like, it's a product of its time, right? Like, we yeah. look at it today, and the frame rate is ass, and the and the yeah. controls are sluggish, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because of the whole pre-rendered thing. But yeah, but, the, the you yeah. know, the visuals in that game were something brand new for people. They were like, oh, right. what the hell? On a 16-bit system, so yeah. that probably 32, didn't help either. I have 3D sprites. How is this possible, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not real 3D, but it's, it's, 3D you know, it's to the average consumer, it still looked yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, they're, you know, they took a nice rendering engine and made some, you know, ray-traced, you know, sprites. Sure, they're 2D sprites, but they look nice in 3D. Yeah. 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 All right. So, anyway, let's let's jump into some of the games for the 32x. And yeah, right. <laughs> there's so many to choose from. Well, <laughs> almost forty. Give me, give me one to start with. I've got well, I've got Afterburner up on the screen right now. You know, I think start with that one because the one, the one. I want to start on a positive note. I don't want to bash the system. I really don't. I'm not. I'm not a negative uh, negative guy. I promise. But I'm gonna say there's there's two games on the 32x that I think nail a certain type of consumer. And that's the, the person who likes the arcade experience at home. Sega arcade games are pretty well known. They, they did really well. And the two they had that did well for them was Afterburner and Space Harrier. 
And the 32X ports of those two games are pretty great. They look really good and they play really good. Are they worth paying $70 for a cartridge? I don't know, but they look pretty accurate to the arcade, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually some of the praise you can find all over the internet regarding the 32X is that Space Harrier specifically is like the most arcade accurate home console port ever seen at the time. Yeah. So anyway, that's yeah, uh, a game. I've not <laughs> played, <laughs> I've not played uh Afterburner at all, but both of these are what they call the uh oh what were they super God, there's a term for it. The pseudo 3D. <laughs> yeah, there's there's actually a term super scaling. That's what it's called. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So both of them do the super scaling where way off in the distance it's really tiny and like just three pixels. And then as it gets closer, it's really big and very detailed. So it's <laughs> definitely so, not motion uh, or mode seven like the SNES had, but it's still weird and interesting to look at, particularly at the time. So this is the video footage I'm showing is me doing test plays of all of these games. And yeah, I'm going to say, I love afterburner in the arcade. I absolutely adore afterburner in the arcade, right? But there's something to that yoke, right? That single stick yoke, like on an airplane playing this on a controller, it has no centering. And so if you are in a turn and you let go of the controller, you just stay in the turn. So getting back to center is actually a, a an exercise in futility. <laughs> yeah, the controls well, are kind of weird in this one. I don't I don't understand. This is a game where in the options you have the option for auto shoot because I guess mm. they realized the controls were so were not that great. So this gave I you probably, the option to shoot your your Vulcan as much as automatically, which is weird. I probably should have turned that on honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a much different game. <laughs> yeah. Well, did Afterburner on the Master System? let you center very easily either i don't remember i have no idea i have no idea i feel like the yeah, whole ports of afterburner were always like once you're in a tilt you kind of stay in the tilt unless you try and adjust back hmm. like i'll be honest i was never a fan of afterburner i was more of like a top gun fan although both mm-hmm. games are quite difficult mm-hmm. but I, I did like how an afterburner you can do a barrel roll Mm-hmm. Although I don't know how you do it. I just did it accidentally a few times and it looks cool when it happens. <laughs> I just don't understand how the controls work. You, you have but to yeah. say it right. Do a barrel roll. Sorry. <laughs> don't sue Nintendo. We're yeah. talking Sega. It's it's weird. It's not a it's not it's an arcade game and I can see myself plunking quarters into it. But to buy this for the home system I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know as nice as it, I mean, as nice as it is, I don't think it's a great game to buy for the home use. Right. All right. So I'm going to, since my video moved on Spider-Man. Ah, yes. Spider-Man web of flame. Is that what it was called? Uh, Something like that. This. So I do like that during the, uh, the initial load screen or the Sega screen, you actually can. If you're watching the video, you can do all the Spider-Man moves during the Sega screen. Oh, neat. That honestly was my favorite part. <laughs> honestly, that's the best part of 32X is the Sega loading screens. On every cartridge I, I, I tried out on the Mister, the best parts were the the effects that did in the Sega logo. That's kind of sad, but that was the best part. So this, this one... This was the last official release 
on the 32X. Okay. It looks like a prototype. Why does it feel like a prototype? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I in the in the history I saw, pretty much every game was rushed to market. Essentially, right. pretty ever, pretty much every game, even Doom, that was a launch title of one of the three launch titles, was missing stages. Was the controls were was subpar? The you could tell that they hadn't optimized it. Like the thing runs like. You know, the potato PC <laughs> mode where you like bring in the border, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, but I saw a lot of that with 32X games. Almost every 32X game that tries to be gl- graphically capable has a shrunken down where they're hiding a chunk yeah. of the screen with UI or, mm. you know, just unnecessary, like Star Trek. Star Trek's, you're playing all on the little view screen in the, in the bridge. You can see more bridge than gameplay. Like, <laughs> So one of the things I absolutely struggled with once again, so I think honestly, one of my biggest complaints, and maybe this is an issue with the fact that I never played the Genesis, correct me if I'm wrong, but the controls are, so with Spider-Man, you have jump, you have web and you have attack. And I, I kept throwing the web or shooting the web and, you know, putting the people into like their little web, you know, held mode. And I would forget to punch them and finish them off. (laughs) (laughs) It also has a worse version of Ninja Gaiden's accidental wall grab. Mm. Yeah, it does. The wall grabbing does not feel great at all. None none of the controls in this game feel great. Like at all. The jumping feels so bizarre and weird to me. Just Uh really unnatural. Like I just, I'd rather play the Atari spider-man than this one i really would like, the, like it does feel like a prototype i'm amazed that this was the last official release <laughs> it feels like the extra month they had they could have done something else better right. like when you compare it to like maximum carnage on the genesis there's no contest which is the better game right it's just it's just crazy okay so yeah, spider-man uh oh and then just the stage progression is weird like the fo- like what is falling on Spider-Man from the top of this building? <laughs> like just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a it, it felt really clunky for lack of a better term. So Yeah, it it looks pretty clunky visually. It doesn't look super appealing. Like the little effects right. in the sky look like the most attractive thing on the screen. And I don't know what the <laughs> hell that has to do with a Spider-Man game with just. So the story is whichever villain you're going against puts a, a web, a, 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 like an electrical web or a laser web or something over the whole city. And that's what that is. Ah, okay. so. Oh, like Highlander too. Like, like that. Kind of <laughs> Pretty <thing>. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's the it's the it's the you know the protective mesh over the world. (laughs) Highlander (laughs) Two should never exist. Don't watch it. I'm telling you, please. Wow, that's a whole other episode. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So okay, yeah, this game this game was was really, and then oh, so coming up here, I get to, I think this is Daredevil, and I'm trying to figure out how to free daredevil yeah and like finally i finally i realize punch the base of his cage like 
there's no there's no actual like you know we talk about whatever the the term is for like logical game progression right that teaches you how to do stuff this literally teaches you nothing you're just like what do i do here i don't know so and then yeah, his steel cause... cage explodes <laughs> well as you do you know uh-huh. but i think you can use him as a summon i think in this game but i could never figure out how to do any of that stuff like, I think the, like I love the Genesis the, controller, yeah. but it just feels like this doesn't do anything right. Yeah. Like, nothing right. So, so, uh, web of garbage, Spider-Man web yeah. of garbage. <laughs> yeah. Web All of right. dumpster fire. <laughs> exactly. All right. What do you guys <laughs> want to talk about next? Um, actually, I'm just following along your video. I want to talk about BC racers because we, we right. talked offline a little bit about this one before because, um, BC racers was done by core who, if you don't know, are the ones who created Tomb Raider. So mm. same group, same company. And this game is basically a, a, I guess it's a Mario Kart clone. It's a kart racing game. Yeah. Although you you think when you go back to Mario Kart and the SNES, you think in the couple of years since then, they could do something maybe not original, but performs better. But this game, slow, like a, the frame rate is ass. It's mm-hmm. so slow. Like the sound effects don't feel like they're in sync. The controls are awful. It's it's laughably bad. But now I know it's not just exclusive to the 32X. BC Racers are released on a few different platforms. And I have not tried it on other platforms to see if it's better. But I thought I, I expected more performance-wise than the 32X version of this game for sure. Well, and it's one of those games where it's it's that 3D with sprites on top of 3D. And so right. as the sprite gets further away, it just becomes a pixelated mess. Yeah. You know? And so and like some of the, some of the design decisions, like there's car combat in it, which sounds neat on yeah. paper. Your partner can punch for you, but I can only figure out how to punch to the right. Yes. I don't know if there's I... a left punch or not. <laughs> I found the same issue. So it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. This yeah. looks like a weird cross between Flintstones and Chuck Rock as a Mario Kart clone. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the theming. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the map is this, at least this initial map is so bad too, because one of the things that Mario Kart at least does is give you some straightaways. This is literally here. Have a second and a half of straightaway. You're in a turn. Second and a half of straight. Oh, you're in a turn. You're, you're, you know, yeah, and it's only going to turn right on this course. Uh-huh. It's the it's the worst version of uh, of NASCAR, which you know, series of left hand turns, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, like you get boosts in this, but like you're you're damned if you try and use a boost on a cor- on a corner, and you only have like I said sh- such short straightaways. You don't have time to use your boost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the frame rate is what really killed this one for me. Oh yeah, bizarrely awful frame rate. I think this is on the Atari Jaguar. I wonder how this compares in the Jaguar. Actually, not now I think about it. I should check it out there. No, it this was on 3DO. 3DO. Oh. Well, and the right. problem Probably is not with, great. Well, and no, the yeah. problem with 3DO <laughs> is you had Road Rage, which was a fantastic game on 3DO. Yeah. So you go from Road Rage to this, right? All right. Yeah, it's such it's, a bizarre game. Yeah. Let's check out the next well, game on the list. Br- what do we Brutal got? Unleashed Above the Claw. So, okay. So this, this game uh, part of the brutal pause of fury line of games, or is it something else? There's more than one. <laughs> is this a franchise? I'm wondering. Well, because there was 
There was a game called Brutal Paws of Fury. That's this they, one. This is yeah. No, no, this is above the this claw. This is above the claw. Okay, hold on. There's more than one. <laughs> okay, hold on. So I gotta look. I want. Yeah, I want to point it out. Like it is. I let I let a couple of the characters select screens roll through their mottos, and I we have to talk about these because the mottos. Some of them you're like, wow. <laughs> like I have only one judge: the world. That's, yeah, that's this is, so but this is like during the era where they're like, well, let's make something, you know, risque, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this one, okay, to know fear is courage. Cool. Great. Sounds good. Um, Prince of Kenya, his quote is, I, yeah, I have only one judge, the world. <laughs> what does that even mean? So yes, this oh. this was indeed an update to Brutal Pause of Fury. Okay. So it's like <laughs> a like a okay. So like a 63 and a third blockbuster edition or something. Yeah, or like I remember ads know, Street for this Fighter game. Championship edition, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of ads to this game. I remember wanting to try it and never getting a chance to. I, I thought I would like this game. But when I tried to play it this week for research. First off, just getting into the game is a challenge. It's it's you have to enter a name for some reason. Then it prompts you for a password because you can save progress as you unlock moves. But even if you just want to do a straight head-to-head fight with a buddy, it still gives you the name entry and a password screen. There's no like just generic heads versus head like fighting mode. <laughs> it has this progress system baked in. It's wow. it's a weird one. So Yeah, that's odd. I want to get to whichever one it is. Cause one of these, the quotes, the quote is, is like, let's see. It, it was like to teach someone is to, um, no, fo- not Foxy Roxy. Sorry. But like to teach them is to, uh, is to become responsible for them. I'm like, wait, isn't that exactly the opposite of what teaching is for? <laughs> it's supposed to teach us so they're independent. Yeah. No life lessons from brutal. It's mm. it's unique characters. I give them that. They they definitely have a lore behind it. I love the ads. I remember wanting this game so much, but to actually sit down and play this game. And again, this is not this is not the Genesis. This is on the next step up system, and the controls are really awful. Like it does not control well at all. This is the quote I wanted to call out. Inner strength is a goal above morality. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Why be moral if you have inner strength? Yeah, <laughs> just 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 strong strong arm your way through life. Thanks, game. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. yeah so this... let's get into some gameplay here. Oh yeah, this was my other thing. Is like they give you they give you passcodes. I want you to look yeah. at that passcode. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's like Metro out of straight oh out of Metro, God. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh... so, just to play the game, you have to sit and enter a password, right? I mean, there's no battery backup. You can't save your progress to a cart. I mean, <laughs> are you really going to play Brutal at home and build up your character and go to your buddy's place and put a password to, to play? Right. No. <laughs> it just, it's Hang so on. Let me, spend, let me spend 10 minutes ending my co- entering my code. Then we'll play. Yeah. Oh, you missed one character. It was off by one character. Yeah, yeah, and uh, from what I understand, the hitboxes in this game are awful and confusing. Oh and yeah, 
It's just, <laughs> uh, and and from what I could tell, a lot of the action gets blocked by giant foreground structures and things mm. like. I did see one where you're literally fighting and you can only see inside the building they're in, like through the door of the dojo or whatever. Oh, and no. everything else is behind <laughs> walls. Like <laughs> it's, it's a weird design choice. It's also got some of the cheapest AI in a fighting game I've ever seen. Like I, I pick on Mortal Kombat 2 for having really lousy, not lousy, very cheap AI. This puts it to shame. Like this game is ridiculous. I'm I'm looking at the footage of Sinister playing right now for the audio listeners. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you got stuck on the same guy I did with like, he basically, it looks like he's a wizard and he's uh-huh. shooting fireball things at you, kicking your butt. <laughs> and like, no matter what you do, you get knocked down. Well, it it's looks so like, cheap. it looks like you have to like win to unlock skills, which is horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. Imagine street fighter where they're like, I'm sorry, you can't have Hadouken until you win a certain number of <laughs> matches. Right. So that would be that would be a terrible design choice. So yeah, that's yeah. not a great move there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this next one. This next one is a joy to talk about. Y- y'all ready? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Cosmic Carnage. <laughs> See, I I want to like this game. I really want to like this game. You know why I like this game? When you pick your character. It's another fighting game, another winning, another award-winning fighting game from 32X. You pick your character. It's all aliens, which are cool, but you get to pick armor pieces if you want or not. And depend and depending on what combo of armor pieces you pick, you get a different colored character. The palette uh, changes, and it also affects your moves to a degree. Like it's interesting on paper. It's it's a neat idea. I want to talk about the story though. So the story <laughs> is that there's a barge of of you know uh a prison barge that apparently the controls are damaged and life support systems are damaged and they float her through space for a while and then they realize the only option let's see uh their only option was to hijack another ship so they activate their distress beacon so here comes joe good guy right the renegades engage their engine and smash into the starboard of the unsuspecting military cruiser and then boarded it when the renegades did not anticipate was the tremendous impact that would destroy all but one of the escape pods. So you fight over who gets the escape pod. Oh my God. That's the backstory. <laughs> Just all good guys in this game. There's, they're, they're all good guys. Just, you know, fighting over an escape pod. I don't know. I played as the Mantis dude. I thought he was cool looking. I loved how I could pick the armor. But yeah, it's a bad game. <laughs> I, I actually bad. I actually started knocking off the armor off of the Mantis dude. So let's see. Uh, so I picked this dude with like a skeleton head because, you know, skeleton head, right? <laughs> you By the way, for those listening to the podcast. Like a, yeah. One of those guys looks like a predator uh xenomorph combination yeah and like they're so animated again, pretty cool right like they look well, like they're, they're animated, animated the but okay. the, the frame rate is is horrible yes and so the because the frame rate is bad that the controls are sluggish and and then of course the other problem is is you know the computer starts out using all of its powers and abilities 
and I have no clue what, you know, what I can do. I finally figure out that I can do a, a version of a super uppercut with this character. So let's see if we can go forward here. Yeah, let's see. Why do the characters in this look like a 90s reimagining of Space Ghost characters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not wrong. Yeah. They're they're no longer coast to coast. They're galaxy to galaxy. <laughs> they're love, on their love, bridge and barge. It does a graphic strike. So one of the, the features of the 32X's hardware was it does sprite scaling uh, pretty well. Mm-hmm. And this game definitely uses sprite scaling, but not in a way you would expect. When you do like a sweeping kick or a certain punches or victory animations, they scale the sprite to, to zoom in on the screen a little bit to kind of make it as part of the move set. It's a neat trick. I don't know if it looks great, but it's neat that they tried something different. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So here in a second, oh yeah. So here I start knocking off his armor. So this was I thought that was actually pretty cool. You talked about being yeah. able to pick that mantis character's armor. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I knock off the armor, so I'm thinking I'm doing well. <laughs> no, apparently knocking the armor off just makes him matter. <laughs> well, in in a lot of fighting games, once you knock off the armor, the character wearing the armor gets faster and sometimes stronger because yeah. of it. So, now this was my favorite part coming up about this game. <laughs> You'll see it in a second. Well, for the audio listeners, explain what it is. <laughs> so. Okay. So oh. I was not expecting him to do this roundhouse leg kick and explode my head. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then blood comes spurting out. And then as I fall over, blood splatters all over the floor. <laughs> It's it's great. Yeah. When I played, I got cut in half from torso, Darth Maul like, and just yeah, blood splatter, torso off my oh, legs, and I you thought got it was the, hilarious. You got the samurai showdown treatment, uh, <laughs> samurai showdown treatment. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So they so, were. I mean, this is post Mortal uh, Kombat, right? So this yeah, is normal. I was right? say, this they were, is, this is they were trying to go for that Mortal Kombat gore factor. Yeah, yeah. Now I didn't. I didn't actually keep recording through the the continue screen. I wish I had, but. Um, the little continue screen has that same animation where my head popped at the end when I didn't, <laughs> when I didn't continue. So dark side, okay. dark side. I don't know if either, I don't know if you tried this one, Jake. Uh, I don't know if I played this one. Let me see. This frontier. is, f- is that, is that the same frontier as elite elite? Yeah. But this is a frame rate mess. Oh no. Oh, this looks yes. bad. Oh, yes. This is wow. a frame rate mess. I love how you're going to the Mr. Menu, probably looking at the frame rate. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did I configure this right? Oh, you turned on turbo. Good man. Uh-huh. Yeah. How bad is it when you got to turn on turbo when it runs so bad? <laughs> this is like single digit frame in the opening. Oh, yes. And the game does not. Imp- oh, my God. So, when Wolf, when you see it, look at this frame rate. Yeah, I go in and I turn on turbo. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh so this gosh! Is, so this is like a Star Fox type of game, I guess, and that's uh-huh. being generous. <laughs> it looked like a, a rip off of an X Wing. It's not bad looking. Like the the star field looks good. The nebulas look cool. And once right. you're playing the game, it's a little bit better on the frame rate, but it's still not great. Yeah. 
So this is a yeah. 3D shooting game, right? I see them destroying rocks and whatnot. So this is neat. This is this is showing you some of the 3D capabilities of the 32X because it was supposed to be a stepping stone. It's not going to be as good as the Saturn, although let's be real, Saturn was not great at 3D either, really. Not like the PlayStation. Um, it's right. neat that this is on the 32X, that this is adjacent to the Genesis, I think is kind of cool. Yeah, so I finally figure out my, my initial goal is to play asteroids and destroy the asteroids. <laughs> and then eventually as I destroy enough asteroids, then income enemy ships and stuff like that. But, um, but it also became very, you know, samey gameplay very rapidly. It was, which, yeah. which is a problem with another game we'll talk about here shortly. Which is, you know, basically, okay, cool. I've, you know, played this for five minutes and I've literally done pretty much everything that this game has to offer, right? Yeah. Like, I think this is, this is indicative of the 32X, right? Like very shallow games, right? Some, some of them have some graphical tricks that they've added to it. Like this has, you know, destructible asteroids. Pretty cool, again, for a 32X. There's mm -hmm. 3D polygons here. I mean, as low poly as they are. But there's not a whole lot to the actual game itself, right? You're you're messing with rocks. Like, are there ships? Oh, there are ships. I see if I, think yeah. I see a ship. Yeah. So, I like, start, there's some yeah. some gameplay here. And as soon as the ship yeah. comes on the screen, the, the frame rate tanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, is this a prototype? <laughs> that's That's what, that was my go-to thought in every game I played. Is this a prototype? Is this a beta? Did this actually get put on a store shelf somewhere? Did well, somebody pay and, money for this? And apparently that was a problem pretty much across the board is everything was rushed because this thing, yeah. you know, basically they, they're like, oh crap, we've got to figure out how to make this sell. So, yeah. all right. But how do you have the company Frontier, who's the makers of Elite, one of like... Right the most important games i think on pc gaming the elite elite's got a fantastic legacy and yeah. this is what this is what they're selling like this arcade yep. shooting game with shitty frame rate <laughs> blowing up space rocks exactly That's wild. <laughs> so i do want to call out though that i did i did i guess technically cheat on the frame rate the this the the video you're watching is with the turbo on high <laughs> Which the yeah. original hardware did not have, right? I mean, yeah. so Can you imagine yeah. how how quickly that would have melted your Genesis. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fire hazard. What are you doing? You, you needed to double up on the heat shields. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's one thing I love about the Misters. It has it has the option to overclock this the, the CPU emulation yeah. that it's doing, yeah. and that actually was funny. That some games you turn that on and it didn't even do anything like the doom right. game we spoke about earlier you turn on turbo it does nothing that just get, get that game was just ported badly all around there's nothing that can improve it and that's just wild well since you brought it up let's let's change over to doom okay so okay i know you said it was missing levels and i think the music was considered not great i think yeah the, the you mentioned the controls is... being bad the controls are not they're okay. I like how it's like you hold a button and then you can stray for the D-pad. That seemed pretty natural to control for a first-person game. My problem is, is that the turning was like, so it was, it, it was actually accelerated. Like if I tapped left or right, it was like, I had to literally tap and let go. If I wanted to aim at something oh. that was just <laughs> okay. over a little bit, I yeah. had to like feather the crap out of that control, right? <laughs> 
So yeah, that's fair. It's it's definitely sensitive. But I, I mean, I compare yeah. this to what was the um, was Duke Nukem. <laughs> well, I can't remember what it called. I mistaken for him something else earlier. But Duke Nukem on the Saturn. The Saturn controller had six buttons and two shoulders, and a lot more buttons available. This is on the the three button Genesis, and they pulled it off. And I think they did okay there. Um, I just it's just a shame that it's the size of a post stamp. <laughs> that's that's the only yeah, thing. Yeah, like. the that. That frame that drops in the gameplay just a little bit, it's kind of disappointing because you're already losing the bottom part of the UI yeah. of the screen, right? And then they're like, you know what? Let's just put this random rock texture around the gameplay. Uh-huh. Shrink it. Nobody will notice. Well, that's actually <laughs> yeah. kind of what they did with like making it so that it could run on on crappy computers was they just shrunk yeah. the, 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 the screen size and they didn't actually change the resolution. They just chunked in your border. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if you ever played this on Super Nintendo. No, but I, I would say I this is probably in terms of gameplay, it's probably better and more accurate to the PC game than the Super Nintendo one. Because in this, it looks like the sprites can actually look the other way. Whereas mm. on Super Nintendo, right. they are always staring you down, like <laughs> deep into your soul, right? <laughs> yeah, I think they actually turn in this one, or at least they have turn sprites. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's Doom on a home console. I, I mean, yeah, my it wasn't great on low. Super Nintendo either. Um, yeah. The only advantage that I would say SNES probably had was that you could turn faster with the shoulder buttons. Mm, right. Yeah. See, it needed that because, as I said, turning left and right in this was like, like you see me swing past the enemy and swing past the enemy <laughs> and swing past the enemy. You know, it was, it almost needed to have slower controls and then shoulder button, you know? Yeah, like it, it was it either that or that. shoulder yeah. button strafed. I don't remember exactly, but it was something like that. That brings up another question I have about 32X. Is the 32X was post six-button controller for the Genesis, but it most was. of the games I tried out didn't have support for the six-button controller. They didn't use it, yep. and there's lots of games that could have. Like There's a few mech games on, on the library, but man, I wish they had six buttons, and they don't. They just use the three. <laughs> it's kind of disappointing. Yep. <laughs> Huh. All right. So I I had it on the list because I was just going through the uh the the um the list in order, but there's a golf game that has an absolutely horrible name. Golf magazine 36 Great Holes. Starring Fred Couples. <laughs> so is that like an official <laughs> magazine? Is this like a product placement type of deal? It might be. I maybe. I like it, that they it, called it 36 Great Holes. <laughs> right. In my relationship, I only need one great hole. Thank you very much. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> but there was also like, if you shot, like after your shot, he'd say something. And it always just sounded so uh -huh. out of left field the way they uh -huh. do it. It was kind of funny. Oh, and for me, the, so one of the things I noticed is the is the button to, you know, you have, it's like every other golf game where you have your swing power and then it's, it comes back and it's your, it's your aim, right? And you try to put it in the, you know, within the line, right? And the, the reaction time, I learned you had to hit early, the button early. And every time it just went off the edge, he would always just say, whiffed it. <laughs> With it. I need that sound bite. With it. 
<laughs> so I got a lot of whiffed it. <laughs> I don't want to knock it because it's a golf game. Because I, I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of watching golf, but there are games that are I like that have been pretty good. Like uh, even sure. NES golf, I thought was fantastic. I, I love that. And there's Genesis Any, sports titles that were pretty good. And there was there was a Tiger Woods golf game on Genesis that was pretty solid. And then and, we got and, this. <laughs> and honestly, any Mario Golf I have enjoyed, really. Oh, they're truly. great. Yeah. Hot yeah. Shots Golf later on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. I'm, I can a appreciate a good golf, golf game. game is still fun for people who are not golf yeah. fans, but Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, and I I, you know, being a PC player, I had Lynx 386 that was absolutely fantastic, right? I mean, hyper accurate for the time. You know, all of that stuff. And and I've actually played it on my rebuilt Pentium. I actually love the thing. It's great. So there are good golf games. This one, I mean, it wasn't bad. But you're right. Every time you you hit you hit a shot, he says something. And I just got a lot of whiffed it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that digitized sprite though. That animation is slick. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, no, it's not terrible. I mean, if, if I had bought this, I'd be okay with it, especially if you're a golf fan. But it, sure. again, I, lo- I compare it to the Genesis golf games, and there's, there's definitely better ones than the Genesis. I, I do want to point out, though, that like there, there was a, a failed decision in, in, this, in this moment where the, uh, the display that gives you the, you know, the respo- result from your shot when it's over a sand trap is oh. unreadable. <laughs> yeah. Oof. So, yeah. All right, so not a bad golf game. I mean, I I could Yeah, yeah it's there's probably worse. There's probably much better, but it, it's probably a middle of the road golf game. It's probably enjoyable if you're really wanting to play some golf. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh Knuckles Chaotix. Man, uh, I wish this was good. <laughs> the, the logo is good. The starting Sega screen is awesome looking. That's well, just, huh? and <laughs> and the the straightforward gameplay, like the very first section, I'm like, hey, it's a Sonic game. Yeah, you know, I mean, it plays like a Sonic game, and then they introduce this rubber banding piece to it that. Honestly, first, I had no idea what it was looking for, right? Like, I I end up at this wall that I can't get through, and there's two little spots that have silhouettes of my characters. And I'm like, oh, it must be a respawn spot for my character or something, right? (laughs) No, I finally figured out that there's there's this hold button that then the other character can very slowly rubber band away. Yeah. Gotta go fast. It's except yeah. you're not supposed to ever. Kinda awkward. And they really went for it with like, you know, we don't have enough characters in the Sonic universe. Mm-hmm. So let's give Knuckles his own game and introduce Vector, Mighty, mm-hmm, SBO, yeah. Charmy, <laughs> some <laughs> robot too, apparently. <laughs> but at least and, you still get and, Eggman. But don't but I, don't I mean, knock it though, because Sonic fans love some of these characters. Like when Mighty was announced for Sonic Mania, there are people who are like, "Oh yeah, shit yeah, Mighty's in the game now." And you're like, "Who?" Like Mighty? From, well, from I mean, I Chaotix? know them all by name. I know who they are. 
Espio the Chameleon, <laughs> Mighty the Armadillo, Vector the Crocodile, Charmy the Bee. I know them because I read yeah. the comics. <laughs> or are they okay. in the comics? Are they comic characters? Okay. So they got included in the comics, yeah. This also used the whole sprite scaling thing to like the weirdest degree. Yeah. Why is Knuckles I, a giant? The zooming in is crazy. Yeah, and I didn't understand the giant thing. So this is where I'm trying to figure out where the hell to go and what the hell to do. So I'm like, well, I must have missed a section. So I'll go back in the map. Nope. The map is literally all I have there. Yeah. Like this takes the problem. See, the problems I had with Sonic <laughs> CD, I didn't really care for Sonic CD because I kept getting lost, which in a Sonic game is kind of kind of not what the brand is. And this game, I got even more lost and I couldn't move very easily because of the rubber banding. Like it's when I say I'm joking, you got to go fast. But then the rubber band effect kicks in when you're trying to go up a hill and he pulls you right back down. Mm -hmm. Like I remember I, we did an episode about sidekicks and I bitched about tails for, for 20 minutes because tails with this flying will pick Sonic up accidentally and mess with your momentum. Mm -hmm. It's that times 10 because you're always chained to the damn character. Like the only character, and this is my oh. pro tip for this episode this pro tip just take charmy the bee because charmy can fly and just dangle the other character wherever you go and mm. makes getting through the game at least possible but his control is so awful like it just yeah i wanted is this that to be what good. that was conveying was knuckles stand here yes <laughs> SBO yeah. stand there yes and hold the button oh, so that he doesn't, was he doesn't not run clear. off but yeah. but if you're on, but here's the thing is like the hold button if you're on top of each other, you actually pick up the other character and start walking away. Yeah. You're yeah. like, what? And then like, I had to figure out how to get him in the, in the correct position. So, but the problem is I picked him up again. <laughs> like just it's weird. And then I hit the wrong button and the Sprite does the weird growing thing, which, <laughs> which I never understood. <laughs> Like it, it's it's such a shame though because so we never got a Sonic game a 2D Sonic game on the Saturn right right so this is this is the last we had a Sonic for years and it looks the graphics are great it just yes. the gameplay is ass I actually when I started playing it I'm like oh this looks like a cool Sonic game yeah and then I was like I'm tired of the hold mechanism I'm I'm confused by the fact that you have negative forty two rings. I <laughs> yes uh, magic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm so confused. I don't understand how that works in a Sonic game. Zero, anything less than zero is death. <laughs> right, right. That's how a Sonic game works. Uh -huh. so this is one of those games I mean, where they probably had that in the big development, and they're like, you know what? This is too hard. We can't have them die at zero rings. We'll just have them go negative <laughs> <laughs> to give them a break. <laughs> I mean, there were there were yeah. ideas in this game that were interesting, right? Yeah. Like the characters had different move sets and abilities that we had not seen anything like in a Sonic game at that point. But it was weird that they were like, you know what? We need a Sonic game that does not even bother with Sonic. And then all the music should be nowhere near as good as a traditional Sonic game. Right. Like, that's even a bad Sonic game has a ripping soundtrack and yeah. All the music I heard in this game is just dull and forgetful. How do you mm -hmm. do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't get this game at all. I gotta ask, like I'm looking at the gameplay now. So they're bound by these rings, but not really bound. They're just hanging on to them. 
Could they and, not just let go? Can they just not drop the ring well, for five freaking well, minutes? How do they have a ring in each hand with negative 42? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the negative is killing me. But like I see Knuckles trying to glide through the air because that's his cool uh-huh. power from Sonic yeah. 3. He glides, but he can't go very far because he's tethered to another character that can't fly. Right. Like who, how was this a design decision? I, I wonder if there's a ROM hack that makes this playable by separating the characters in some way. I'm going to have to check this out because I want this game to be good. I love the characters they've done here. The The sprite work is awesome looking. Yeah. It's so bad to play. I couldn't get past the first stage. I will say the, the stage art looks a little muddy, not as interesting as Sonic stages usually look. Okay. The the color palette's a little weak and uninspired, yeah. I should say. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I just moved to a different, I moved back in the video and, and the, like the, the blocks are actually f- almost fuzzy, right? So. Yeah. And the, the colors they chose are kind of like, uh, it doesn't excite me. The, like there's that foreground, like not foreground, but the immediate background right behind up on the right. right th- yeah. That you just ran in front of that just looks like a broken wall of Tetris. I don't understand yeah. what's happening there. Like, there's usually so much creativity in Sonic level design, and here they were just like, you know what? Weird alien planet. There you go. That's all you get. <laughs> they get very busy with the colors. There's almost too many colors, maybe. I mean, maybe it's because we're so used to the 16-bit Sonic games where there was more of a limited limitation on the on the graphics. I like I, I don't know. I like the style. I think the colors are fine to me. I'm looking at this this grass stage that you're on later in the video, and it looks good to me. Like I I if this was good. This could have justified the cost of the damn add-on. Like the system could have been fine if this is the only game that was good on the system, but sadly it's not good. <laughs> so next up I have Calibri, which I couldn't figure uh, honestly, like my phrase that I was playing was what the fuck do I do? You're a hummingbird. Oh, I- that one. Well, and here's the thing is I watched okay. some gameplay from somebody else later and apparently eventually you get the ability to fire something or whatever. I couldn't get shit <laughs> to work in this game. Like I was like, oh, it's a, it's a hummingbird simulator. Cool. <laughs> is it like an eco, the dolphin type situation, but you're a hummingbird. Is that what they're trying to That's go for? kind of what it looks like visually. Well, and here's the other thing okay. in, the, in the world of a, of a 32 bit quote unquote console, it's so full of dithering, so full of dithering. Oh, well, but <laughs> I mean, again, yep. Yeah. You got As toed frogs it. do. <laughs> but I mean, if you're playing this on a CRT, I don't think the dithering would have been quite so apparent. Okay. That's but fair. You're right. For a more advanced yeah. system, like you think they would have done better with the graphic style. I'm just trying to figure out what this game is supposed to be. Like maybe a Nico thing, maybe I guess, or Echo. But yeah. you can't attack. You're not eating anything. What's the goal of the game? Well, and I found out that the other hummingbirds are just assholes and like wall you in. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like, are, can't we Animals just be friends? Can't, confirm. can't we just yeah. can't we just be friends here? Come on. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, what yeah. what the hell is the point of this game? They're just like start game, have at it. Good luck. Yeah, figure it Good out. Good luck. Weird. Well, and it was probably during the era where I needed to read the manual. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, thirty two X had 
FMV games. So there was we were kind of at the point where they could at least throw a little bit of something in the game and be like, or some audio snippet to tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that one I just couldn't figure out. Okay, Jake, here's the one we really wanted to talk God, about. God, Metalhead. Yes. <laughs> so this this is your polygons right here. This is your 3D. You like virtual on? Have we got a game for you? <laughs> it doesn't play mm. like that. Um, this is a game where this is one where once I figured out the controls, it has the the hold a button to strafe type of, of movement. And I thought that was okay. Um I felt it a little bit slow when plotting when I was playing this game until I realized if you double tap, you start running. Mm-hmm. Suddenly they opened up a little bit. But it's a game where I don't know what the goal is. You're shooting everything. Like there's trucks that don't even shoot back, but apparently you destroy the trucks. <laughs> I guess they're the bad guy. Like you're shooting everything that moves on this on this map, but they just keep respawning. So I, I was going in circles around this city map, destroying everything as a mech. And if it was neat, but you only have two weapons. And it felt like it was never ending. And I didn't realize if it was a goal. Again, it felt like, am I playing a prototype? Is this a demo for an idea that just they couldn't sell for the Saturn, so they dumped in the 32X and ran? Is that what this game is? So I, I have to I, I have to Nyrum around the intersections well, there. That's that's why I backed up the video and replayed it, is because when I was watching this <laughs> intro, the thought in my head was Nyrum. <laughs> Here, I'll, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> okay, but it, I mean, it's so cartoony. Know. You know what's not cartoony though is the when you start off a mission, you get this like television screen pops up and you get a very photorealistic face of somebody who who talks to you. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad, but it's it's oddly realistic and it's weird, especially Here, in this game. Let me let me get to where I actually get into the gameplay. Oh, there's another they they repeat the yum later in the intro. <laughs> All right. So Okay, stage one, mission one. Oh, and it reads everything to you. It's all stage one, mission one. Yeah. Okay, here comes the the weird face. And it's like a Max Headroom style head. Like it just the way. It, oh, too few frames of animation when he's speaking to you. And again, you just expect more, especially from a system that you know can do FMV <laughs> snippets, right? Not, I don't think we're uh-huh. asking for too much. Nope. They were just like, but, just throw a random assortment of a picture of this guy talking in there, and just randomly cycle through <laughs> the images. It'll look like he's talking just fine. Th- Three frames of different facial animations. Yeah. Just repeat. <laughs> but I mean, it, it looks okay. Like it's, a, it's, there's textures on those buildings. That's more than I can say for some PlayStation games. Yeah. <laughs> it looks all right. What was the game that we blasted the other day where you're the tank driving Battle around? Tanks. Battle tanks. It feels Battle like tanks. Battle tanks. It really does. Yeah. I got yeah. that same vibe from it, actually. Yeah. So, Jake, I don't know if you figured this out. There's no pause. If you actually press the start button, you actually go outside your mech and you have oh, really? like three cameras. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't so try hitting see. start. Interesting. <laughs> let me see. Okay. So, okay. Here we go. So I hit start and it like moves the view down. 
and you oh. can actually see your cannons and then start and it oh. backs behind. Okay, that's neat. Yeah, and then I think it yeah. does even an overhead view. I think I hit it yeah, one more I time. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah, when I played it, it was only from the first person view. And like I said, it, it felt weird until I realized I could run by double tapping, but it just felt weird because I didn't I didn't feel like I was running because you don't see your legs in that view. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's an overhead view or a third person view makes a lot more sense now. I wish I knew that. I don't you know. Don't you get... know what? It it controls okay. It looks okay. It's just again, it's a very shallow gameplay experience. I just didn't feel like there was much there. You didn't get enough meow when you're playing in first person view. <laughs> they didn't have that as a sound effect. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all this right. version of Mortal Kombat 2. It's probably the best rendition of Mortal Kombat 2 on home consoles at the time. Although I had my controls set to six button and it only used three. Did you go in the options of the game? Mm, that the I genesis had the genesis had that where it, you know you you okay. had the mode button turned on the control you had to go in the options to flick it on every time you started that game okay up, and that was frustrating because i look like i play absolute trash in this because i was like how do i do low punch high punch low kick yeah. high kick yeah so but honestly even if you had six buttons turned on the ai in Mortal Kombat 2 is mm. incredibly cheap and like the, this, this is an AI that will low kick you the entire fight and not even bat an eyelash. That's what this game does. Gotcha. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But I agree. The color I agree. That... On the sprites looks good. The details yeah. are not muddied or anything. Right. Like... Frame rate is acceptable compared to the arcade. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the frame rate in the early Mar- Mortal Kombat's was never good. And but... this one brought back the voices that were missing in the Genesis yep. version. Yep. Yep. And it doesn't have the loading time issues that the Saturn has. So oh, with Shang Tsung, yeah, that's right. Just with everything. (laughs) Okay, Okay, but it was noticeable to Shang Tsung because when he morphs, it loads. Yeah, and this you wouldn't have that problem. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So not a bad port, I guess. Yeah, I only played for what thirty seconds, forty-five seconds, something like that. But it it felt like Mortal Kombat too. I will give it that. I just I wish I'd checked for the six button configuration in the options. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you like Mortal Kombat too, I think this is this is not so bad. This, you know what? There's more games on here that are better than I thought, <laughs> or at least are <laughs> acceptable ports, I guess. <laughs> if All you right. like Mortal Kombat too, next up is probably the best game on the system. Which one? Virtua Racing. Yes, I like this game. It's one of my favorite games on the Genesis, actually. Yeah. And um, the 32X version, I mean, to me, it looks like the arcade version. It really does. Yeah. Like the Genesis version was, I rented the Genesis version and I liked it quite a bit. And it, but it had to have a special chip on the, on the cart. It was an expensive cart, but I rented it a few times. And I liked it, but it didn't look quite, it, it was nowhere near the arcade quality, but this version, yeah, is much more closer, but also on proves in the arcade game. Cause you have two extra cars, you have stock cars and you have, um, they call it prototype cars. I don't know what the, the name of that is, but it's just there's three different vehicles. And I think there's another an extra map, if I'm not wrong. If I remember right, the Genesis version had three. This one I think has six. Five, um, I believe. This five? Okay. But this is a great game. I love this game. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, and I know it's riding that the Virtua, you know, polygon style of graphics, which were, you know, all the rage of the time. But I think it plays pretty great. And it's it's not for those arcade games where, you know, most arcade games, you have a timer. And if you don't hit the checkpoints in time, 
you lose very easily. Um, yeah. This this one though, I feel like I was more often than not able to finish race race with no issues. Did I win? No, <laughs> right. but at least I finished a race on a single quarter, and they kind of captured that in the home game too. This is yeah. clearly to me what led to Daytona USA, and I love the Daytona USA games. Yeah. I think they were a blast, and I. I think I have tried this a couple of times at the arcade, but it was like one of those big eight players sitting the mm-hmm. F1 yeah. car. So it was like four bucks to play and you got to play one track and then it was mm-hmm. like, well, that felt like a ripoff, but <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. I remember those, those setups too, when it was brand new. Cause like when it was but in it, arcades, that, that was the big thing, right? 3d graphics were still new in arcades and this was kind yeah. of pushing that the aesthetic. So 3D now, graphics say, and that, that oh, scale of multiplayer was huge in the arcades. So, but this, yeah. this actually looks decent. The camera's a little like, I'm, uh, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to go yeah. left, I'm going to go right, I'm going to go left, I'm going to go right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It, uh, it, the one thing that I will say is I, I, uh, I miss analog sticks because. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten just how much you had to feather turns when you had a D pad yeah. to do racing games. Right. I mean, so I would go into a turn and I'd be like, okay, hold it. Oh no, I'm going too far. Okay. Tap it, tap it, tap it. Oh no, I'm not going far enough. Like yeah. the, par- paradise lost. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is so. a game where like, um, you have to use break. Um, but also you have to really, you have to really pump that gas to get around corners. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not quite not quite simulation, not quite arcadey. It's kind of running in the middle, um, but it was is approachable enough that I I really like this game, both in arcades and in this version. Like this yeah. is this is I mean I think I said it in the past episode. Whenever I spin up the core on on the Mister, this is one of my go to games to just just to relax and play for 10, 15 minutes. It's it's yeah. great for that kind of game, and I think with the added cars and maps or like racetracks, I think this is one where if I had paid 60, 70 bucks for it, I would have been happy with this. I think this is this is good. So we, uh, we're coming up on an hour and a half in this episode, so we should probably talk about the next couple pretty quickly. Um, okay. Start, I mean, we can go up longer. I just know that we, you know, yeah. Um, um, Star, Star Trek Arcade. Star Wars Arcade. Uh, or Star Wars Arcade, sorry. There's the Star Trek Bridge people bad, I'm sure, yeah. just now. Use, use the force, <laughs> Harry. Quote, unquote, Gandalf. <laughs> Um, Send that mail to Sinistar at care of podcast.com. Jedi, not a lawyer. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I I felt like this game it, it plays well. Now I don't have any audio. I I I implore you to go watch a playthrough of this on YouTube and listen to the voice actor that they got for Admiral <laughs> Akbar because it's yeah. awful. It's awful. <laughs> Like how he hard sounds, is it to find somebody who sounds like Akbar from the movies? It can't be that difficult to do it. This but guy I mean, sounds like he's from <laughs> Jersey. He's almost like yeah. go fuck yourself. <laughs> like it's a it's trap. Awful. It's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, gameplay wise, though, it's not a bad one. I. It's a little frame rates a little bit chuggy, but I still enjoyed playing this one. Um, I don't think I played the original version of this in the arcades because it's based on an arcade game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might be missing out, but I like how it has the arcade levels in here, but they've also had a set of modified remix levels that are harder for the home version. So that's, that was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. 
the the visuals in this are actually pretty decent all things considered yeah. i mean it yeah the the frame rate is super smooth here from what i'm seeing but it i mean it's just a bunch of rocks floating around over there so once the well, tie fighters come in though it like the tie fighters and fighting over the top of the uh cuz what i watched they were fighting over the death star shooting mm. down cannons and TIE fighters yep. and all that. And I mean, it seemed really good. It didn't seem like there was any slowdown really pretty for the time. Like this is one of those ones that kind of aged well and really showed up any of the other space shooters on the platform. <laughs> At least yeah. you're hitting ships in this one and not rocks. <laughs> right. Like, like <laughs> that dark, that dark side one. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this one is uh this one's a decent port. Um, I will, I will agree that this one's decent. And at the beginning, you actually get a selection if you want to play the, the non 32 X, you know, uh, additional, uh, you know, yeah. levels, et cetera. Or if you want to play the, the non enhanced, I guess, version. Um, I didn't try the non enhanced. I, I selected for the 32 X version, but. I mean, yeah. the nice no. thing about this also is like, yeah, it's got that HUD around the bottom. If you want to be in first person, like in the cockpit, mm-hmm. But once mm-hmm. you leave the hut, like if you go third person outside the ship, everything on screen is gameplay. Like, yeah, it's not a <laughs> they're not hiding anything with the down. cockpit. They're just yeah. giving you immersion in this case, which I love. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You still yeah. you still get like your shield view, so you can understand if you're about to get screwed. But that's it, <laughs> right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not a bad port. So. This is um, this is definitely one of the more impressive 3D entries on the platform, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. Right. So Pitfall the Mayan Adventure. Now I actually played this. <laughs> this was released on Windows as well. So I played this on Windows back was in it? the day. Mm-hmm. I played the Genesis version back in the day. Um I like this game actually. I don't know if I'd play it on the 32X. <laughs> I don't think I would have bought it on 32X. <laughs> you're going to see that I am ass at this game in my in my play in my play style here. Okay. I just I hard. apparently love the quicksand. <laughs> but it I mean it it felt is, like yeah. Is there anything about this that's improved from the Genesis version? Uh I don't think so. To be honest with you, it looks because it, I mean maybe there's more colors, maybe there may be more fluid animation, but the Genesis version of this game is actually really good. I mean, it's a lower like frame animation. rate than the Genesis version. Is, is it? it? Yeah. Well, that it is a lower frame rate than other platforms on the 32X, including the Genesis and Super Nintendo. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Which doesn't I'd make any to, sense. I have to play them. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Maybe it's an issue of rushing it, and it was it wasn't optimized enough or something. I don't know, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad game, but I, I think it's a port for port's sake, and it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, right? Like, why buy that when you could have just bought in the Genesis version, probably for a lot cheaper, and be just as happy? It's yeah. a good, it's a good game. I beat it. I, I liked my time with it when I rented it as a kid. Oh, so motocross championship. Everything yeah. I watched of this was a crack up. Now, oh, before bef- before we show the yeah. gameplay, I want to ask: when you guys were kids or younger, and or at least for me, when I was a kid, I would play Excite Bike, and you mm-hmm. know you start, yes. and there's all those bikes on the screen at the same time as you, mm-hmm. and you go to move into them, and uh huh, 
That's how every race in this game starts for oh. everybody. Oh, I noticed that exact same thing. <laughs> I noticed that basically I I I would start the game and it would be just like chug 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 against against all of your enemies, just not enemies, your competitors. <laughs> just you get and there's like and you're like uh 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 uh. It's like it's just <laughs> constant. So here we go. Can you imagine will... Mario Kart being like that? Can you imagine playing Mario Kart and you can't get off the friend at the starting line because Toad's in your freaking way when there's actual <laughs> physics involved? Like where they did, like right. the AI just clusters together. So here goes the start, and it's just like pile on, pile on. Nobody's moving. Finally, you get out of the People pile. People fall over left and right. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh-huh. This this can't have been a this game couldn't have been QA. There's there's no way this goes to QA. And they're like, you know what? Good game. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Ship it. Every every race starts with everybody just running into each other and just stalling out. Yeah, roll That's it. Awful. That's awful. Yeah. so bad. It's like so. <laughs> it's a really bad 3D Excite bike. Is what it is. It is. Yeah. It was kind of like Excite Bike '64. <laughs> <laughs> Excited by 64. I I know people like that. Actually, like that game. I can't stand that game. Yeah, I, I can't either. I like the original, but anyway, yeah, that's another awful game. All right. This so was, this was one um, of those. It's just like, how do you let that get past? Like everybody has to experience that at the beginning of every race. How do you not fix yeah. that before shipping? Right. Right. Like make the like, AIs is that go true straight? to the real life, or like yeah. half the AIs just go straight for like yeah. <laughs> The first five seconds, let everybody mm-hmm. sort of find their space and then fine. But everyone's just like, no, we all have to be in the middle. <laughs> yep. Run <laughs> for the center. Over each other. <laughs> all right. Another, another high quality entry, genuinely high quality yeah. entry, Virtua Fighter. Yeah, this is surprisingly good. I, I thought this would be awful because like I played the, there was a Genesis version of Virtua Fighter, if you can believe it. And it was. They they tried to do the uh, the two D rendering Street of Strike Sprites kind of thing, it, yeah, and it wasn't good at all. But this is this is totally three D Virtual Fighter. I mean, as it go to the arcade, no, but it's pretty fluid. Um, when we say frame rate issues, this game was actually pretty fluid for the thirty two X. This now is... I'm. I am trash at Virtua Fighter, so don't expect anything oh, same. but trash. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, it takes me time to get back into the Virtua Fighter groove. Otherwise, I just suck at it. Like, it's a very different style of fighting game than what you're used yeah. to when you play Street Fighter or Tekken or anything like that. It's a lot more slow and strategic in general, and you kind of have to know your movesets. But yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's no winning with button mashing in Virtua Fighter. <laughs> no yeah it's uh, your animation committed when you hit a punch button like it's it's definitely yeah. tactical like you said and, but it's a three but button game which is perfect for this controller mm-hmm. for a home port of virtual fighter on you know the genesis kind of you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it it does not look bad it actually looks pretty decent like it's obviously nowhere near as pretty as the arcade and we right. i use the term pretty loosely because i mean they're all lego bricks right <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Virtual Fighter never looked good. Like even the modern Virtual Fighter doesn't look good to me. Like it just something about the models and characters feel uncanny valley. Like it's just it's just never looked like great. But the gameplay was, was always interesting. Yeah, yeah. Virtual Fighter Two, I really enjoyed, but I used to sink a lot of quarters into Virtual Fighter One at the arcade. Yeah, I really yeah. liked this. I loved the fact that it was three D and the 
just the the music was good too. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this is such a decent port, but this was also like released for the 32X, I want to say about a year after it was released for the Saturn. So mm. Oh, okay. That's it it was kind of yeah. late in the console in the 32X's lifespan. And I know it's not a long lifespan, but Right. Well, this is one of those this ones was, you could have point, they could have pointed to and said, "Hey, look, when we said this is like a is it is it your is it a Saturn? No, but this is a nice middle ground if you if you don't want to invest in a Saturn because you we have Virtual Fighter. But if it yeah. came out after the Saturn version, not so great. That's so, uh and then we already touched on this one at the beginning, but Space Harrier. Um Yeah. And it it plays well. Um I'm I I actually did not have experience with Space Harrier as a kid. Now I've had I've had experience with it, you know, later as an adult. I never played this in the arcade even. So but I mean, it it plays well. The sprites look good. The animation looks good. It's fast. I mean, it's yeah. Space Harrier. <laughs> That's what yeah. it is, it, right? It's, it it's looks a smooth. Port. The sprites scale really well. It's yeah. it's almost mesmerizing to look at how smoothly everything moves. And I think that's one of the things that always got me for Space Harrier. I loved Space Harrier as a kid. Mm. Did you? I, the I first did. time I, I died running into a tree, I'm like, well, that's my quarter. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the death uh, sound is pretty call, iconic. We call running into a tree uh, pulling a chard. <laughs> <laughs> There's no horse involved in this one. Yeah, he's not running Sick Jake into it. Okay, when Sick Jake no. runs into a tree, <laughs> it's sure. called pulling a chard. People aren't going to get that joke because they don't watch a stream. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there, There is a Space Harrier game that came out later on uh, on the, um, I can't remember, the, the Naomi board, I think, for arcades. So there's like a 3D version of Space Harrier. That was actually fun to play. But otherwise, Space Harrier 1 and 2, I just, I just couldn't get into it. But this mm. is a faithful arcade port. If you're a fan of the arcade game, this this is, I'm sure, worth it for you. Like between yeah. this and Afterburner, that's pretty cool. I kind of wish it was a dual cart. One cart with Afterburner and Space Harrier together. That would have been a, a, a nice buy. But they separate the carts. Yeah. But, I mean, this gives you, like, we could have had Super Hang-On. We could have had, you know, a bunch of those older super scaling arcade ports could have been really cool on the 32X. Yeah. Because the Genesis was always good as as the home, bringing the arcade games to the home console, but they didn't look quite the same, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I remember the Genesis when it came out with uh, Altered Beast. It was not nearly as good as the arcade, but it was close enough for the air, mm. for the time. That was nice. That was neat. But yeah, the 32X actually had the power to replicate those arcade games, but they only had mm-hmm. the two. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's well, just the taste of the games in the system, right? There's 40 games on that that console, but I think we showed the best few, right? I think for sure, Virtual Racing, Virtual Fighter are the standouts. I think. Yeah, but uh, there's so many disappointing games on this thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Star 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 Wars Arcade. You know, it was decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, was it a? I mean, I, I think it was a. Uh, it was a failure of adding a stopgap when a stopgap wasn't necessary and a failure of yeah. internal of internal strife, right? Of, mm-hmm. of two yeah. competing, you know, divisions of a company. And th- this is something I will never stop going on about. Like, if you've not read the Console Wars book about Tom Kalinske's time at Sega, 
do it. It's really interesting. And if you listen to the audiobook, dude does voices for everybody, so it's that much more entertaining. Nice. <laughs> nice. It's an interesting history because like the Seg- Sega made so many weird decisions hardware-wise. When you look when you compare them to what Nintendo was doing, right? The power base converter, then the Sega CD, then this thing, and then the, the Saturn, and then the Dreamcast, like we look at it hindsight now and just it's amazing they even made it to the dreamcast era like i'm surprised it didn't tank after the saturn yeah it's, i mean they did the nomad history. which right? was just a yeah. handheld genesis wonder right. if anybody yeah. ever tried to stick a 32x in a nomad <laughs> you want a fire hazard that's <laughs> melt your hands can you imagine there's gotta be somebody who shoved that thing in there has to be look for it <laughs> that's funny the nomad wet, wet wedge in those heat shields <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely it was. I mean, Sega was always willing to experiment with hardware, and that's admirable. I wish they did better as a company because I I do like a lot of the Sega stuff, but sure. I'm really disappointed about the Sonic game on this. Like, we didn't get Sonic on. We didn't get Sonic until the Dreamcast, right? We had Sonic CD. Yeah, and we, we had were supposed Nautic, to get Nautic, Knuckles, Chaotix, or Chaotix, and then nothing. <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to get Sonic Extreme, and then that never happened. And then right. we sort of got a proof of concept of what a 3D Sonic could have been within Sonic Jam, which was just a collection of Sonic games. Right. But we never saw a proper Sonic game. And actually, we, we also saw another proof of so- uh, concept of what a 3D Sonic game could have been because uh, in Christmas nights, you can unlock playing as Sonic. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, we it, it was entirely too long between a brand new Sonic game from... like well there was four or five years of just no really new sonic game that's a long time yeah like i know the game gear had three sonic games but i think i think the last one i think came out i I still think it came before 32x so yeah it's it's bizarre well that's the 32x i guess yeah yeah gotta have more bits yeah it's all about (laughs) them bits 32 whole bits I'd love if anybody who's watching this episode of the podcast, if you actually had the 32X, first off, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but I would love to hear why you got it. Was it was it a gift from grandma who didn't know any better? Was it your parents who didn't want to pay for a Saturn because that thing was expensive? I'm curious to actually who actually did bought think, this and did you want did it because you, you it? thought it was the new hotness? Yeah. Did you, well, did you I, I want to know about that too? I I did like hearing work? about Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. I, I did you did you spend your 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 hard earned paper route money on this and have you know buyer's remorse? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> although you know, I bet you with what six hundred thousand sold, this is probably an expensive thing to collect for these days. It has to be right. Limited number of games, limited number of systems. I bet you I this mean, is an expensive console to, to collect. A lot of the thirty two X stuff complete in box is kind of pricey yeah but i mean you have to remember it had that uh patch cable that sinistar was talking about and then there were like alternate versions of patch cables depending on which model of genesis you had so some people would either just toss one or lose it or whatever so finding a complete 32x is oof 
I'm sure a lot of those heat shields have been tossed. People didn't even know what they were for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it was it was fun researching and it was entertaining playing the uh, the games for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't uh, actually business. play any, but I watched. <laughs> and if anybody's wondering, I played on real hardware. Sure. In turbo mode. It's, it's, <laughs> it's setting a fuse to your shelf behind you as we speak. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sinistar awesome. sacrificed his Genesis for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we thank you for your service, sir. I'm on it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Yeah. So yeah. now we can go ahead and jump in. We probably want to rattle these off a little quicker than usual because this is a long yeah. episode at this point. But we're surprisingly top 100 long. nominations. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, either of you want to start, or should I start? I can go. I'm, I'm right. going to use your suggestion from before we went live, Wolf. Um, I'm, my pick is Earthworm Jim, and I'm picking the Genesis version because that's the version I played, and I always felt it sounded better than the SNES version. But I know people will disagree with me there. From the era um, of 16-bit mascot platformers, I think Earthworm Jim is one of the best ones. Graphics, humor, music, the variety of stages. I, I really do like Earthworm Jim quite a bit. Were any of them really bad, though? Like, there were so many ports of this game, and they were all pretty decent. I think there's a Game Gear one that's probably not great, but I mean, that's, oh, well, that's I the mean, Game Gear, that's right? Like, <laughs> that's like saying, oh, it was on Game Boy, but eh... Yeah, <laughs> actually, we we did we did an early episode of uh, I think on Earthworm Jim. I think if I'm not wrong, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I I remember we talked about how there's a Sega CD version, Genesis, NES, and Windows, and they're all pretty great. Mm -hmm. But the interesting fact between all of them was that uh, the Peter Puppy stage, where you have to, it's an escort mission. The background graphic was different in every single version of the games <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I, I never understood why it was. It's so bizarre. But yeah, it's it's a. I love the humor in this game. I love the character Earthworm Jim, and I've always said I really wish they did something with him that wasn't 3D because Earthworm, Earthworm Jim 3D was so bad. And the, <laughs> there was like a recent game that came out on the or it was supposed to come out for the Amico. It also looks terrible, and it's such a shame because the character design is really cool and fun. Mm. But anyway, the Genesis yeah, nothing is like the bomb. ripping yourself out of your body to swing by. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And like the, the, the bad guy is, was it queen bloated infestorous slug for a butt? Like it's, it's 20 letters, 20 characters long. It's hilarious. Like mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, I, I love everything about this game. I love the humor. I love the cartoon. Um, and yeah, the Genesis version plays so well. So that's my pick. Nice. Good pick. Well, I can go next if you'd like. Yeah, go for it. So I'm really surprised because I don't think we have really any good representation of 4x games on the list um probably the yeah. closest would be uh heroes of might and magic so my pick is kind of the, the the grandfather the daddy the whatever of them all civilization oh yeah that's that's definitely one to play on the on the hundred for sure yeah like that define a genre, right? I mean, I know there's there might have been other forex games before it, but I mean, Civilization is like the one, right? Yeah. And like the memes, the tropes, Gandhi, nukes, and the whole bit, like, yeah. Yeah. At this point, yeah. I don't, I don't know that we'd have EU if we didn't have Civilization, you know? Right. Granted, yeah. I've never 
played and by EU, I'm talking about Europa Universalis, if anybody is unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. But I've actually never really played a 4X game. I would say uh what is it? Ah, uh, what is it? Three Kingdoms. Um shit, what are those called? Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Those are four X games, yeah. but I never understood them as a kid, so sort of yeah. stayed away. Yeah. Well, and that's. But I was the also playing about, a Genesis port, so. <laughs> that's the thing about about most four X games, and 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 definitely Civilization is the the complexity is 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 high, right? I mean, yeah picking your, your progression tree so that you can get to certain aspects, different win, you know, characteristics, different. I mean, uh, my, my, uh, brother of sin and my cousins and I regularly play Civ six on our Wednesday nights. Um, I, I have hundred, probably a couple hundred hours now in Civ six. And I honestly feel like that many hours, I probably understand 80% of Civ six. Like it's, it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's kind of that complex yeah. and deep right now. Civilization yeah. one, the original was not nearly that deep, but if you're, if you're unfamiliar with a four X game, it basically starts you, it drops you on a map and it's like, you have a character called a settler. What do you do? Where do you start? Where do you go? Right. And so, um, definitely, uh, complex, but four X is meant to be complex, right? Yeah. yeah. And for those that for those that aren't aware, 4X means explore, expand, exploit and exterminate. So um you know, basically it it, it encompasses a, a portion of all four of those in some way. So yeah. Yeah, this is so this pick. is a franchise I've always wanted to try and figure out again and I just haven't made the time to go back and play any of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my Alrighty. pick. Alrighty. It's a good peek, a uh, good pick. I could talk, I swear. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with one that I was hesitant to submit for this list, but now I think about it, it's probably worthy of the list. And I know I've talked about this game a million times on the podcast. Like the, me and this game are like Chard and Elden Ring, but uh, Blaster Master for the NES. Oh, is that not, that's not on there yet? That's not on there yet. And the OG. Oh, wild. The OG. Okay. And okay. I mean, this is a game yeah. where the controls were tight. The action was fun. The game was challenging and kept you on your toes. Every, uh, Not every boss fight was different, but every boss fight at least tried to be different if it could. Yeah. You know, while it might have been a similar sprite and similar mechanics, they changed them up. And they only reused bosses like, three times i think of the eight maybe not even yeah. three maybe just two but this was this was a really neat game the music is stellar for an nes game like this is one of the best nes soundtracks there are i think it's sunsoft right they always had bangers of ost say we love with the gameplay that the osts were always great in sunsoft games like the story is stupid like oh no my frog <laughs> jumped on a radioactive box and fell into the swamp hole <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a tank so I could find him. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Honestly, of the games we talked about today in this episode, there's far worse storylines than Blaster Master. Blaster so, Master is basically Lord of the Rings compared to 32X games. The premise yeah. is awful, but the game is yeah. spectacular. I, it's one of my favorites still. So yeah, that is cool. my submission. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
We are getting very close to a hundred games on our list and we are calling yeah. us the top 100. Now we're internally, we're trying to figure out if we maybe balloon a little bit past that and maybe drop some as we, as we rank them, we're coming to all of that. Hopefully sometime either around the end of the year, or the beginning of next year, we'll start yeah. either having an episode or two where we talk about our list and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, we're hoping to have the yeah. GP back soon uh, before the end of the year, and because he's a big part of this list as well. And there's he's got a bunch of picks that we want, we haven't disclosed yet, but I would like to do an episode with him just to break down his picks to add to the list because he has mm-hmm. a he has some great picks for this list that we have to talk about. Yep. Yes, yes, he does. I was looking at him. I was like, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, I didn't think of that one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's got some good ones too. Um, and then I was actually thinking, just so if we have any blind spots, perhaps. And this isn't a guarantee, but perhaps once we hit that hundred threshold, we'll we'll ask the viewers to submit some games, and if we think they're worthy of the list, we can tack them on and then rate from there. So they may or may not make the top one hundred list if we do that, but at least and it'll get some outside perspective. And that actually leads into a good segue. Uh, come to Presby to cancel. Join our Discord if you're not yes. there. And hey, if you are in our Discord and you want to jump the gun and make a couple suggestions, feel free. Put them into either one of our, well, either the you know current episode or something. If you want to jump the gun and just be like, hey, this should be on the list. You know, yeah, if I don't get way. any suggestions, I'm shoving Circus Charlie as my last pick because I'm running out of ideas. Because <laughs> a lot of the ideas I have for games, you guys have already picked, right? Like that's the thing I'm running into now is we have a lot of overlap in, our, in the games we like. And uh, I, I rattled off a few before too. the episode start. You you could use them if you yeah. want. I've yeah, only I got one more to. slot. Please, <laughs> please, viewers, please, please make a recommendation so that Circus Charlie doesn't end up on our top 100. <laughs> Just doesn't get the respect it deserves, but that's okay. Uh, All right. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been another tangential episode of Press B to Cancel. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next week. Sega! Thank <laughs> you.